We're going to get into some word, though. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to ride this thing out right now. Here we go. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when it comes, some of the words that were spoken tonight, you know, the, the feeling of unworthiness, the, the disqualifying yourself from, from what God has said he wants to do for people, um, you know, you might be thinking, well, you, you know, Pastor, you know, Miss Amy, Pastor Bill, you don't know what I've done. You don't, you don't know who I am. You don't, you don't know the types of things that disqualify me. And, and I would say to that, uh, you don't know who you are. You, you don't know who you are, and, and you don't know what he's done for you. Already. Already done it. Already decided. He's not taking it back. And so, if, and if you live that way, you'll live confused. You'll live short of everything that he's planned for you. You'll live without his provision, without his, you know, his health in your body, without his, uh, really, even, even the connection between you and him that you need to walk this life out. Because without it, it's brutal. It's, it's hell on earth without God. And, and so, you know, we, you can get into a mental state of, I just am so far gone, there's no hope for me, there's, or, or I'm just disqualified, or, you know, that happens for other people, and God's all about helping people, but for some reason I have a hard time receiving myself. I know I've talked with a lot of people that, you know, I can get, I can pray for other people, I can minister to, I can encourage other people all the time. But when it comes to me, I, I don't know how to do it. And it just seems like it doesn't work for me. I, I don't know how to encourage myself. I don't know how to receive for myself. It's like easy to pray for other people, get them healed even. But when I need something, it seems so difficult. And, and that's because of a, a, a lack of understanding most of the time and a lack of, a, a lack of awareness of who you really are. And, and you're seeing yourself contrary to how God sees you. And his perspective is always right. He, like Pastor Mark said, he's really smart. <laughs> and uh, he's smarter than us. And when we adopt what he thinks, we get smarter. When we, we submit our thoughts to his thoughts, we, we start thinking like he does. And it starts, uh, it starts our lives starting to look like his. Our lives starting to look like his word. And, uh, and, the, and the truth that I want to talk to you guys tonight about is is something that's kind of been, it's, it's a key that's unlocked the word for me. It's a key that made this make a lot more sense. And uh, it's, it's kind of like a puzzle piece where, you know, if you, you put that one puzzle piece in and you start to really see what the picture looks like. If you're, if you're playing Wheel of Fortune and there's like that one letter and then, oh, I know what the puzzle is now. You don't know what the rest of the letters are, you know, you don't see them, but you know what they are. Everything starts to make sense. That was this truth to me that I want to share with you tonight. And, uh, and it really unlocked things. It really made it make sense. And it really uh, made, made my walk with the Lord less, less burdensome, less all about me doing the right thing, and, and made it more of me just enjoying the Lord, Him enjoying me, and me having a desire to do the right thing rather than me working to do the right thing to please him. And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's found in uh, 
We'll go to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians, towards the back of your Bible, right after Ephesians and Colossians. And it's in verse 23. It says here, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So something that interesting Paul points out here is that you have three parts to you. You have a spirit, a soul, and a body. And for most, even believers, uh, they're unaware of this fact that they're a three-part being. Or if they know that to be true, they don't know the ramifications of the truth. And, the, and this, the, a lot of Christians will tell you about their soul. They know the soulish realm really well. We, we all know our soulish realm pretty well. We know that's, our, that's your mind, your will, your emotions. It's your consciousness. It's, your, it's, it's how you think. It's your, your, what goes on in your mind. And, uh, but many don't know how the spirit relates to that or is it the same thing or you know, what, what part of you goes to heaven. And, and most, most believers just have a lack of understanding in this area. And, uh, and, and then in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it talks about that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide the spirit and soul. So the, what, what do we need to be able to have understanding regarding the difference between our soul and our spirit? Our soul and our spirit, the, the, the thing that makes the difference, the defining factor, is his word. If I don't have his word, if his word, uh, if, if I don't understand it, if it doesn't make sense to me, then I will, I will put those two together. And I will be completely unaware of what my spirit, how my spirit thinks, how my spirit acts, the attributes of my spirit. Because your spirit, you cannot feel. You can't feel your spirit unless there's some sort of manifestation of the spirit. There's times where that happens. But 90% of us, 90% of the time, we're not feeling our spirit. We're not sitting here sensing, oh, I'm sensing my spirit right now. <laughs> With my five senses, smelling it, tasting it. Most of us, uh, we're only aware of carnal. Carnal would be anything that's of the flesh, of the natural realm. And, uh, and the word of God starts to define your spirit. If you don't know who you are in the spirit, you will always disqualify yourself from, from the things God has for you. You will always look at yourself as unworthy. And you'll wonder what really took place when you got saved other than you're forgiven. Because you, that did happen, but so much more did happen. And, and it happened in your spirit. That's where it took place. And, uh, and the word of God in, in, uh, in John chapter 15 and verse 7. Let's go there real fast. John 15, 7. If you're, if you're there, we'll get started. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, 
and it shall be done for you. Talking about, well, what qualifies you for, for God doing things on your behalf? What qualifies for you getting your prayers answered? Well, it's his word abiding in you. It's you abiding in him, which is you having fellowship with him. But if you abide in his word, or you abide in him and his word abides in you, then you can ask. Now, now here's the question that I, I would ask when I read that scripture. Well, when does that take place? Do I, can I flip a switch and say, okay, his word abides in me now? Or is it something that has to be on a continual basis? It happens over time. And see, it's not something where the Lord's like, okay, now there's enough of my word abiding in you now, and now you're qualified for me to answer your prayers. That's not how it works. How it works is his word abides in you enough to where you start adopting a mentality that that's actually uh, agrees with what he says. And when you start having a mentality to where you're saying what God's saying, you're thinking his thoughts, you look at yourself like he looks at you, now you can ask whatever you want, whatever you desire, and he'll give it to you. That's, that's what you need. You need his word to define you. You need his thoughts about who you are and who he's created you to be and what you've been given, what's at your fingertips, what you can do, all those things he's given you in his word. And when that dwells in you, psh, I can ask anything I want. I'll ask anything I desire of the Lord and he'll give it to me. Well, how, how can you be that confident? Because I know what he said about me. Because I'm confident in who he made me to be. Now, is that in my flesh? Is that in my mind, in my soul? Is that where he, he created me um, to be a qualifier of all these things? It's in my spirit. In my spirit. My spirit is actually who I am. Your spirit is who you are. You are your spirit. If you identify as something differently, you're just misidentifying yourself. And we have a kind of identity, identity crisis in our society today. But for the believer, for those who have received the Lord, our identity is one thing and one thing only. That's our spirit who God created it, us to be on the inside. It, it only gets defined in his word. It's the only place we find it. And so without his word, I'm going to be basing everything off of how I feel. I'm going to be basing whatever comes to my mind. Hopefully it's good thoughts. Hopefully, ho hopefully I have good thoughts towards myself. But if you're like me, you don't always think good thoughts about yourself. Because we all have made mistakes. We've all blown it, right? We've all come short of the glory of God. And so we know what we've done. And so those, sometimes those thoughts creep in of, yeah, sorry, you, you blew it this week. You, you cussed out this person and, and you... You didn't pray enough, and you didn't seek the Lord enough, and you, the list goes on, right? And, and when you have those thoughts, and that's what you attach, you attach truth to it, you attach it as, yep, that's, that's, that's true, that's just the way it is, you're, you're totally disagreeing with what God has said about you. And, and when you agree with what he said about you, it starts to change who you are. It starts to change how you act. It starts to change how you think. Proverbs 23 says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So how you could say, well, I don't think I'm that because I don't act that way. I don't act, uh, you know, according to the Spirit. Uh, well, 
you, you only act that way because of how you think. Because you think of yourself a certain way. You know, I, I made a list of, uh, of attributes of your spirit. Attributes of your spirit. I gave references. I'm not going to turn to every one of them because it's a pretty long list. And I have a scripture for every one, but you can write it down if you want to. Um, but these are attributes of your spirit. This is what God has said about you. And when you, when you see this for yourself, when you adopt it, your, your, your capacity changes and your ability to receive from the Lord increases. So it says uh, in 1 Peter 2.23 that your spirit is born of God. Your spirit has, has the nature of God himself. You're not just a human. Don't think, of, I'm, just, I'm just human. No, you've been born of him. You've been a partaker of the divine nature. That's, that's true whether you say you feel it, whether you believe it or not. That's a fact. You have, your spirit is made up of God's DNA. It came from him. It's eternal. It's, it's, it's everlasting and it's full of power and love and everything that God is. Um, your spirit is without sin, 1 John 3, 9. 1 John, your spirit is sinless. There is no... Now, we're talking about the born-again spirit, obviously. If, you're, if prior to you receiving the Lord, receiving His forgiveness and salvation, these things wouldn't be true about you. You'd be a dead spirit. You still are a spirit, and you're still, you're, you're still you know, an eternal being. You're going to live forever. It's just not in, in the presence of God. It's going to be separated from Him. But your, your spirit, when you're born again, these are the attributes of you. This is who I'm, if you're a believer, this is a believer's service, right? We talked about, Pastor Mark talked about that. Then you are without sin. Your spirit has been washed clean. The Bible says that your spirit is sealed with the Holy Spirit. That means ain't nothing getting in. Your spirit is absolutely perfectly holy. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing, there's no darkness in your spirit if you're born again. It's perfect and holy. Your spirit is a spirit of love. 2 Timothy 1.7 You've been given a spirit of love. Your, your spirit loves people. Whenever, whenever you have a temptation to not act in love, which, welcome to the human condition, when, when you have a temptation to not act that way, that is not your spirit leading you to do that. That is not you submitting to your spirit and a, and a leading, well, well, you don't understand. They made me so mad. Yeah, but that's not who you are anymore. You haven't been given that spirit. You've been given a new spirit. It's a spirit of love where you put others first, where you, where you put yourself down and promote others before you. You, you serve all those attributes of what love is. Doesn't, you're not seeking your own. We could go through the whole book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, and and, and then you start identifying what spirit you have. You start looking at who you are now. Your love. That's who, that's who you say, well, I don't, I don't feel like I have a whole lot of love for people. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you, what you can see and what, you can, what your experience has been. What matters is what his word says. Because he's defined who you are, and he's right. And his word is true. Amen. Your spirit knows all things, 1 John 2.20. Your spirit knows all things. It's pretty hard to comprehend what knowing all things is like. 
But that's, that's the reality of what your spirit has. Your, the, the, the characteristic of your spirit is, well, I don't know. I just, I can't figure this out. I don't know what to do. It's, well, your spirit knows what to do. Your spirit knows how, you know, I've talked to a few different people that aren't super mechanically inclined and, uh, and have been stuck in a situation where they needed to figure some mechanical stuff out. And they used that scripture, my spirit knows all things, and figured it out. And it was just like, my spirit knows how to do this. I don't have it all figured out in my mind. It's not in my soul realm. It's not in my flesh. But my spirit knows. And see, what makes the determine? We'll, we'll get into that, kind of get ahead of myself, but what gets in, what makes the difference between it being something that comes out of you or something that just stays dormant where you're unaware of it. The difference is your soul. Your soul makes the difference. Your soul is the deciding factor in this. Your soul has the ability to submit to the Spirit. When it submits to who you are in the Spirit, then outwardly in the natural and in the flesh realm and in in this world, everything that God said about you comes true. You are a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. You might, well, I don't, I don't look like a new creation. I'm still missing this hair. I still got this extra baggage on me. I still got all these things. Well, that's not the part of you that's a new creation. I still think the same old thoughts. I still have the same temptations. I'm still stuck doing this. I'm still treating people bad even though I don't want to. Your soul is not the part of you that's a new creation. Your spirit is. And without that understanding, you could look at that verse and be really confused. You, I don't, I don't, God, you said I'm a new creation. I feel exactly the same. I'm dealing with the same things I was before I got saved. You're a new creation in your spirit. Your spirit man, your inner man, has become a new creation. Your spirit is in constant communion with the Holy Spirit. It's Romans 5.16. Your spirit's in constant communion with the Holy Spirit. Your spirit talks with, talks with the Holy Spirit nonstop. There's, there's no disconnect between you and God anymore because your spirit has been made one with Him. The part of you that's one with God is your spirit. You're never out of communion with Him in your spirit. You, you guys are like this. When you're born again, you and God get all tangled up in, in your, in your, inside of you and you are one being now. You are, isn't that what the Lord said? That, he's, he, that Jesus prayed that, that we would recognize that we're one with him as he's one with him? Amen? That happens in your spirit. That's where it takes place at the new birth. After that, it's a matter of understanding what took place inside of you and, and adopting the mentality of what took place, and then everything comes out in the natural. Uh, your spirit's fearless, 2 Timothy 1.7. Your spirit does not have an ounce of fear in it. There's nothing afraid, uh, there, nothing you're afraid of. There's nothing to be scared of anymore. Your spirit lacks, com- lacks completely fear. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear, Right? So if you're intertwined with perfect love, if you've been made one with the one who is perfect love, you, you can't have fear anymore. 
Bible says you haven't, been, you haven't been given a spirit of fear, right? So you're fearless. I'm a fearless. When, when, fear, when you start seeing fear creep into your mind, notice that you're not being submitted to, to who you really are. You're not being submitted to the spirit on the inside of you. You're, you're being submitted to probably another spirit. It is subject to your soul. I talked about this a minute ago, but... It is subject to your soul. Your spirit is subject to your mind, your will, and your emotions. It won't override your, your, your will. It won't override your mind, your, your emotions. It has to be submitted to. You have to submit your mind and your will and your emotions to it. When, you, when you're submitted to your spirit, then everything that your spirit is can manifest. If 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 you if you disagree, you say I don't really think I'm this. I don't really. I, I I know that it might say that in His Word, but I'm I I just can't get past. I feel this way. I just can't get past. This is what I've been going through, and then then without that, your spirit doesn't have the ability to kick in and operate the way that God's designed it to operate. You just hinder what what the reality of what you're what you're living in. You hinder your experience by your lack of or, or submission to your spirit. Your soul is the definer. Your spirit's the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9, this Holy Spirit dwells in us. Where does he dwell? In our spirit. Your spirit has the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians two 16. You've been given the mind of Christ. That means you think like he does. Where? In your spirit, your spirit thinks like him. Your spirit has thoughts of victory. It has thoughts of, of, of miracles and has thoughts of doing mighty works and, and has thoughts of living righteously and being about your father's business. All of the things of the mind of Christ live in your spirit. Again, you have the choice of submitting to that or not. It's a spirit of power, 2 Timothy 1, 7. You've been given a spirit of power. And in 1 John 3, 2, you are just like Jesus. The Bible talks about, in first, actually, let's, let's turn there real fast. 1 John 3, 2. That's always one that people are like, what? Huh? I'm like, Jesus? It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We'll be like who? Him. When we look at Jesus, we're going to recognize, hey, I'm like you now. When I'm able to see Jesus completely clearly as he is, I'll recognize we've, we're, we're the same. We're both born of God. We're both filled with the Spirit. That doesn't, we're not, I always have to counter with this. We're not saying that we're God. We're not saying that we're the Lord. But what we're saying is that we are like Him. Our spirits on the inside of, inside of us are just like Jesus. It says it right there. That doesn't mean you're thinking like Him right now in your soul. It doesn't mean that you're acting like Him like that in your life. 
But what it means is the spirit that God's placed in you, which is who you really are, the eternal part of you, is just like him. It is without spot or wrinkle. It is full of power and anointing. Your spirit is full of love and, and kindness and soundness. And, and if, if we are aware of that, we'll live short of it. You know, um, I mentioned uh, Proverbs 23, I think it's 23.7. It says, as you think in your heart, so are you. The reality is the things that you've experienced in life, the way that you deal with people, the way that you deal with problems that come up, your relationship with God, it's all based off of how you think about yourself. How do you think about you? If, if you don't have an understanding that you've been made perfect in his sight, it is not by works. It's not because you've earned it. It's because the blood of Jesus bought you a brand new spirit. And, it's, and, and, and you are resurrected in, in a new, as a new creation with new life when you were born again, when you received Jesus. And that, that wasn't of you working it out. That wasn't of you earning it. That was the mercy and grace of God. That was his love towards you him making you that way. And when you get to heaven, you'll have an understanding of this far more than you probably do now. Far more. You, you'll see yourself in heaven and be like, wow, this is who I am? This is, this. And, and you might think, this is what I could have done on earth? This is what I could have, I could have, I had at my fingertips and just was either, either just didn't understand it or just re- refused to believe it. Amen. One, one more. Um, Third John. Third John, it's towards the back, right before the book of Revelation. Well, before Jude, which is before the book of Revelation. Third John, chapter one. <clears throat> <laughs> The only chapter, chapter one, verse two says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. What needs to prosper for your, for you to be in health and and for you to prosper your soul prospering, your mind, your will, your emotions with, with that, with, with depression being there with thoughts of thoughts of inadequacy and thoughts of, uh, of shame, guilt, all those things are going to cause you problems with your health, problems in your finances, problems in your relationships, problems in your relationship with the Lord. All those things are going to be there. What's, what's, what's the countermeasure? What's the remedy? What's the prescription? The prescription is, I have to know who I really am. I have to know how God really sees me. See, when, when you try to relate to God based off of what you've done and, and, who, and who you think you are in the, without having this identity, you, you come crawling to God. You come begging for forgiveness and begging for you know, mercy. And, but when you realize that you've been born again as, a, as his son, as his daughter, 
born again into a position of, of royalty, which there's scriptures on that, and it resides in you and that's who you really are, you start running to God with arms, with arms up. You start being excited to see him. You start being, you're, instead of being a, a dog with a tail tucked between your legs, your tail's wagging. <laughs> you're excited to see your father. You're excited to be with him because he gave you so much. He, he, he went through a great, great lengths to make you who you are. Everything that he made your spirit to be and everything that all the life he's breathed into you, he went through such great sacrifice to make that true. He went through great sacrifice to make that happen in you. He laid down his own life and went through immense torture and pain for this to be a reality for you. Amen. To be living short of it is kind of, a, is kind of a slap in the face of what he did. And so... We, this isn't a, okay, I could take this or leave this type of approach. I could, yeah, I can see this uh, for work, working for some areas of my life, but maybe not everything. If that's the approach, you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're taking what God has done and, and, and making it unimportant. You're taking the great sacrifice that was made for you and making it of, not, of, of no value to you. And see... We're doing a huge dishonor to the Lord when we do that. He is so worthy to be lived for. He's so worthy and faithful to be believed. What he has said about you is right and it is true. There is nothing that he has said about you that should be questioned. doesn't matter how far outside of your realm of thinking is. It has to be adopted to, the, to, to your new reality. If it's not, you're going to have struggles. You're going to have hard times. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, your trials are going to end and things like that. But you're going to have overcoming power in your trial now. You're going to have the ability to speak to the mountain and have it be removed. You're going to be able to, like, like uh, John 15, 7 says, you're going to be able to ask whatever you desire, and, it's going to, and you're going to have confidence in you getting it. That's because I know who I am. And it's not because I did everything right. It's not because I'm, I'm, I've, I've done and, and did the formula just right. It's because God made me this way. He made me this way through what Jesus did for me. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's live according to his word. His word dwelling in us. This word dwelling in us of who we are and what he said we are and what he said we can do. This word will cause us to be fruitful. It will cause us to be effective in changing the world. The world needs you, you to be this person. Your, your, your family needs you to be your spirit. Your, your friends need you to be your spirit. They really do. A lot, a lot of them, their eternity is hanging in the balance. Their victory is hanging in the balance. You have the ability. You have the authority. You have the capacity to make a difference. And it's because of who you are. It's because of who he's made you to be. It's because of what he's placed in you. Amen? Amen. Pastor Mark? Come on up. Praise God. Let's all stand up.